for decades. He's been the king of Memphis. It's good to be king of your own little town. You want to see the king? You think anybody would pay to come down and see a sawed-off runt, bug-eyed Bill Dundee? No, they come to see me, baby. King of them all, right here it is, baby. The greatest wrestler that ever lived and ever will step into a ring. You're looking at him, and I am the champion. And you may be familiar with his work in WWE, too. I'll show you who the real king of the World Wrestling Federation is. It's the most electrifying move. It's Mark's Entertainment today. Oh, the people that are For 50 years, he's been known all over the world as one of wrestling's biggest stars. And now, he's decided to share all of his favorite stories from his 50 years in wrestling with you. Tell me a story. Why don't you put your false teeth in backward and eat yourself to death? (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorites. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Welcome to the Jerry Lawler Show. If you didn't catch part one of the King and Sean's discussion with Michael Kaufman, the brother of Andy Kaufman. Highly recommend doing that before you listen to today's episode, which is part two. I also highly recommend you go over to my bookie and use the promo code OVERTIME because then you can double your first deposit and get up to $1,000 in free play. Lots more excitement for you when you bet this football season. No matter who your team is, winning season begins today only at my bookie. Use the promo code OVERTIME. Double your first deposit. Get $1,000 in free play. You can bet on individual games, props, futures, anything you like. It's all available at my bookie right now. Another thing that's available is part two of the King and Sean's discussion with the brother of the late Andy Kaufman, Michael Kaufman. And you're going to hear it right now. Andy came back, and we had so many different wrestling matches where, you know, poor Andy, you know, like he said, we he just trusted us, and we in in the wrestling business, you know, we had to we had to put on a different show every single Saturday on live TV, and then every Monday night at the Mid South Coliseum, we'd do a show, and then we'd go up to Louisville, Kentucky on Tuesday, Evansville, Indiana on Wednesday, and we actually, poor Andy, I don't know how I how I talked him into doing, but Andy became, I mean, he was like going on the road with us. He went to all of these different cities and he was involved in matches and, 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 and the poor guy seemed like every night, the highlight of the night, he'd get another pile driver somehow. And uh, so he, he, he became like, he became like one of the guys to everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he was glory. <laughs> he sure was. Now let's move on to the the fateful night on on David Letter. Uh, yes. You 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 were there as as a matter of fact. One of the great scenes is when uh, after I slapped Andy and 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 the and this part they show on TV was Andy was standing over by the by the door there, and you're you're standing right there next, and the look of concern on your face. What did what were you thinking there? Did you tell me tell me about your experience and what you did you go there with Andy to uh, Rockefeller Center that day or what? Um, I when did I I did I go with him? I must um I think I did go with him. Um, and uh, and I I I don't like sitting in the audience. You know, whenever I would go on on SNL, I I wouldn't sit in the audience. You know, I, I would sit in his green room. 
And right. for some reason, um, uh, I was allowed to stand on the floor. I don't know how I got that because it's really amazing. Not many people get to stand on the floor. Right. Um, but I got, I got to stand on the floor and that look of concern that you see on my face, which it's just so amazing how often that's been repeated. So I, I've been on prime time a lot for doing nothing. Um, anyway, um, that you're going to laugh at this and it's actually like ridiculous that I would even say this. I actually put a, a mean look on my face to protect Andy. To, to, so it was, it was a mean look aimed at you um, to prevent you from running after Andy. Oh, really? Which is, ridic- which is ridiculous because I'm just like this uh, 98 so pound. So you, you, um, you were trying to intimidate me to keep me from coming and slapping him again? Exactly. <laughs> which, which, which is just totally ridiculous. Because, but, but, you know, I think I think – I knew how ridiculous it was at the time, so that's why I said, "So do it." <laughs> of course, of course, of course, it's going to have no effect on you. So, <laughs> so it, it's almost like the un, you know, the U, the un thing, um, thing of it. You know, it, it had like Andy's sense of humor in there somewhere, without smiling. Well, what? And that's, t- and that's, tell, me, tell me this because I've never, you know, I mean, I don't know if you were with Andy. Uh, they had us go early in the day to meet with um, the segment producer, uh, who was, I think, Robert Morton was his name, and he became later yeah. on the, the big big shot of the whole David Letterman show. But, of course, this was in the first year of, of Late Night with David Letterman, so this was this was early on in the, in the Letterman uh, show. So yeah. they had us both meet. And Andy refused to meet, be in the same room with me. You know, he carried the thing on uh, perfectly, so he refused to be in the same room with me. And and Robert Morton had already met with Andy, and he told me, you know, he said, hey, you guys are going to be on for two segments. In the first segment, I want you to be a little bit confrontational, not too much, he said, but just, uh, and then Dave will take a break. And then in the second segment, Andy will apologize for making fun of wrestling. You apologize for hurting Andy's neck. And then Andy's going to get up and sing what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Mm-hmm. That was what was intended to do, what wow. they intended for us to do. And then, of course, you know, as the thing, I never forget, Andy called me that afternoon and he said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, you know, it'll probably be funny. And I said, what, what uh, the only problem is, once you and I kiss and make up on TV, that'll be the end of our feud down in Memphis. And of course, we were still we were still involved. Andy was still coming back at this time, and we were still having wrestling matches on a, on a pretty regular basis down in Memphis. And Andy was loving that. And uh, so I said, "That's going to put an end to that." And he said, "Man, yeah, you're right." And he hesitated, and then he just this was one of the few times that, like you said that he suggested something and he, and he, and he did it in a, in a, in a kind of a meek in my way. He said, wonder what would happen if you just hauled off and slugged me. And I said, Oh, Andy, I said, well, well, first of all, they're taping it at five 30. That said, they'll never show that. I said, second of all, I'll probably get arrested and I can't, I can't spend the night in New York. I gotta be, you know, I can't in jail. I said, I gotta be back in Memphis. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're right. But wouldn't that be great? 
And that's the way, that's the last time I spoke to Andy. That's the way it was left. It, I, I mean, I, I thought I had, you know, got it across to Andy that we, we just couldn't, that was out of the question. We couldn't do that. And still, when I watched this, watched back today, it's like an out of body experience. I don't know what I was thinking. I just, all of a sudden, I knew the, the segment was up. They were kicking us off there. Paul Schaefer started playing the music. And I just somehow stood up and I looked Andy right in the eyes, hoping that he would know what was coming. And I just hauled off and slapped the taste out of his mouth, knocked him right out of the chair. And, and you know, that, that's, you, you were watching what, I don't even know what I was thinking at the time. What, what did you think was happening? First of all, that is sensational. That's the, like the best story I ever heard that you guys didn't know what was going to happen. You, the two of you didn't know is tremendous. That's just the best thing I've ever heard uh, for, for anything on, on stage. Anyway, um, Andy did egg you on enough. Right. He did. So in the second, st- in the, so in the sec after the break, when you were supposed to be, you know, making up with each other, it, that didn't happen. So, so you and Andy didn't listen to what, Robert Morton had said, right. "You're already going down the road of more and more." I'm not that kind of guy. What kind of guy are you? <laughs> right. You know, which was that was one of the all-time best lines that you had. You know, when and Andy said, "You know, my father." Everyone says I should sue you, but I'm not that kind of guy. And you looked Andy up and down. What kind of guy are you? Um, which was just tremendous. Um, you even had David Letterman laugh uh, with that one. But anyway. Um, he had said enough things to get to, to to try to like, you know, push your button. So it was very believable when you hauled off. It was. It may have been a little. I think. I think it may have been about thirty seconds before you would have wanted to. I, I think it could have been a, maybe a couple more. But you knew they were going to commercial. Yeah, I think. I, I think. It, I think at that point, Dave realized. Hey, this is this is not going as we thought it was going to go. Not going as planned. And I think he thought maybe uh, let's let's take a break and see if we can get this thing back on track. But I thought after that second break, in my mind, we were gone. So it was like yes. this is it. Yes, and, and so maybe maybe it was maybe it was you reading Dave, um, um, and you just what you explained and you calculated all that, and maybe that's what actually triggered you hey it's all or nothing at this point i i, I gotta do something otherwise this whole thing's flat so you right. had to do something and uh which is just uh, um tremendous uh, you know i hate to throw the word genius around but it was genius um and so spun and, and andy was all about spontaneity and so i'm just so happy to hear about the spontaneity of the evening because um that's what that's what andy loved you know if we had i went in a real time to go into other things, but Andy loves spontaneity. Yeah, um, absolutely, and that's why it was so great working with him. What did what do you remember? What went through your mind when you actually saw the slap? And then after that, after that, when uh, you know after the slap, that I got escorted back to the green room, and it seemed like like fifteen minutes before that somebody came back and said, "Well." Dave wants to know if you want to come back out on set and kind of wrap this thing up. Do you remember what you thought when you saw the slap and then what was going on right after the slap? 
Um, by the way, it wasn't probably only a minute or two that you were in the green room for. But anyway, um, it may have seemed like 15 minutes. That's, that's amazing how that how can play tricks on you. So I must have just been standing there, um, maybe like a statue. Didn't want to do anything to upset. I wasn't part of it. So I didn't want to do anything to ruin it. You know, like, like, like certainly I didn't want to smile. Um, and even, uh, walking out, I didn't, I, I didn't want to make contact with Andy. Right. Because I felt that if I did, that would blow. So it would just take away. He was in such a great zone. Um, but, um, but I do remember, uh, what did you think when all of a sudden, when I came back out and sat down and Andy comes over and this was so totally out of character. I know, I know that in all the time I had been around Andy, I had never heard him swear. I'd never heard him use yes. profanity. Yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and, and, and basically he never did. Maybe, maybe he, if he, if he ever swore at, as Tony Clifton, I'm not sure, but as Andy, uh, maybe never. a couple of times in his life he got angry and, and lost it. Well, he was able to put himself in that anger. You know, he, you know, like he did it at an airport once when they closed the gate on him and he missed his flight. Um, he went into a rage. Well, he was able, he was able to put himself in that state with you where, um, maybe that's what acting is. Maybe that's what acting is, but he was able to really feel the rage. And, um, it was so funny. All the, all the swearing. Oh. And then he turns, and then he turns to the audience and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my fans. And then immediately turns back to you and goes back into the swearing. It was, it was, it was comical. Um, and, um, I'm just standing there. Uh, I think for me, um, let me just not ruin anything tonight. I'm here. I'm glad I'm part of this. I just don't want to ruin anything. I don't want to give anything away or, or, or whatever. Um, and Andy did tell me um, that he threw the coffee behind you. Yeah, he, he intentionally missed me. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, which which that never comes up in any you know when you see, the audience had no idea about that. Well, if you know, if you notice, if you'll notice, and I've watched it like you say a thousand times, Andy picked up the coffee and he he hesitated and he looked me in the eye just the same way I looked him in the eye before I slapped him, and right. just, just like to say, hey, here comes this coffee. <laughs> so like I was able to kind of yeah. get out of the way, and then he did he sort of throw it behind me and everything. So it didn't it didn't really it didn't really hit. I think it got more on Dave than it did on me. So. It was and, it was just and, unbelievable. And, and then David had one of the best lines ever. <laughs> Do you remember David's line? Oh yeah, you can't throw coffee. You can say some of those I, words on TV, but you can't throw coffee. Yeah, I thought. I mean, under the circumstances to come up with that, I think was one of the best comebacks ever. Well, you know what, David Letterman told me later that. Uh, I mean, years later. As a matter of fact, it was back when we were when we were shooting the uh, the movie footage. Uh, yeah, that was the next time I actually got to talk to Dave. And he said, you know, for years we referred to that as the famous show. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, we we just felt like uh, that was the show that that made this show famous. 
he said that before he said I'd had two other shows that were kind of flops he said and uh he said this was that was in our first year of the late night with letterman and he said after that we were famous he said that put us on the map okay well that that's another great relationship andy had with was um with david just you know david giving andy the free reign to do things and and you know this is the, you telling me today is, is the only time I know that Andy ever surprised um, anybody on TV. Uh, Fridays, the fight on Fridays, um, yeah. where where he wouldn't play stoned and and got into a fight with Jack Burns, the producer, the director. Yeah, he and Jack Burns went out for dinner three times that week, um, learning each other's moves so they could make it look more authentic. That. Playing bad boy during the whole show, the producers had approved of. So whenever Andy looked like he was disrupting things, it was always approved by everybody. What you're telling, what you told me today, it's the first time I'm hearing that David was actually surprised. Oh yeah, um, no, nobody, nobody knew what that was going to happen because I didn't know it was going to happen, and Andy didn't know it was going to happen. It just happened, and it was, it was so probably one of the greatest spontaneous things that that ever happened on TV. You're right. Um, so and, you and I doubted I, I I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say about the about the Friday show. So even when see I didn't know this either. So even when Andy threw the the water on uh, what's his name, the guy that later became Kramer or whatever. Michael Richard. Michael Richard. Yeah Michael Richard. Did he did Michael Richard know that was coming? What Andy told me, which and there's been a lot of different stories well, who knew what, and people like to, to, to claim that they, they know things. But what Andy told me was that um, Michael Richards was told something's going to happen, keep it moving. Oh, okay. Nothing, nothing more than that. So give him a lot of credit for keeping it moving. Um, yes. But, you know, so, so you asked me my reaction about the, the slap on Letterman, and, and I'm pretty much you know, unmoved by it in, in that I was enjoying it more than anything. It was the Friday's skit that I was in the audience for that. And my heart went down to my stomach because I knew how Andy felt about uh, marijuana. He smoked in high school, but once he started meditating in college, he was so pure, no, no drinking, no smoking, nothing. Um, and I could see him, not wanting to cooperate with a, with a marijuana scene, which yeah. that show was so big on. And I remember saying to myself, Andy, you couldn't do this like earlier in the week. You couldn't tell him you weren't going to do it. Why'd you wait till, till now? Everything you've, you've, everything you've um, um, worked so hard for, you've just destroyed your career. Wow. All this to my, I'm, I'm in the audience all by myself and I'm saying all this. And I didn't, so after, after shows, I would always go to Andy's dressing room and we'd beat up and, you know, a bunch of us would go out um, for one of those after midnight uh, meals that Andy often did. So on this night, I said, oh gosh, I don't want to be around his energy. Um, it's going to be awful. Um, and I was going to go home and then I said, oh, Michael, you're the, only, you're the only one who really cares about him. You're the only one with his, with his best interest at heart. Um, he, if anything, he needs you more than anybody else. So I went looking for Andy, and it was a big bungalow with, with, with 
room for for a party on one side, and on the other side, like three or four um, rooms, which were the uh, green rooms, uh, not the green, the dressing rooms for each of the uh, st- um, performers who needed a tra- their own dressing room. So I knocked on the door. No one's answering. I, I didn't knock. I heard I heard noise. I opened the door, and I see people partying. You know, like after the show, they had a party. Sure. And I said, what poor, what poor taste. My my brother just lost his career, and you people are partying. And while I'm looking for which room, which dressing room was Andy, I saw Andy was one of the people dancing. <laughs> oh wow! That's that was, why I like, found out. That was the big revelation to you, right? The big reveal. Yeah, yeah. And and I was thrilled. I was thrilled that Andy. You know, it's nice. It's nice to be fooled. Nice to be duped. Um, so I, if Andy told me what was going to happen, it would not have been as enjoyable. But by having to go to the low lowest depths and then get bolstered up, you know, like 27 minutes later, it was phenomenal. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Such a special time, and and uh, I'm, I've. I feel so fortunate and so lucky to uh, to you know get to work with Andy. First of all, just to get to meet Andy, and then to and then to get to work with him. And um, and 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 I felt like you know when you worked that close, and when you were when the two of us were responsible for creating something that has lived on for all of these years, and and you know was one of the most memorable moments in the history of television. I remember when TV Guide did a did a story about the 100 most memorable moments in the history of television. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got, got the Challenger exploding. You got a you got all of these different things of presidents getting assassinated and Andy and I on the Letterman show made it in the top 100 history uh, moments in the history of television. So, when yeah. you when you do something like that, it was I, I you know, I felt a, a special bond with Andy, and, and honestly, that, I don't know how you felt about the movie Man on the Moon. Uh, I, I, I just didn't. I, I just didn't feel like Jim Carrey. You know, I, I just didn't feel like. I guess he never met Andy, didn't know Andy or whatever. But uh, you know, I just, I just felt always felt like while we were doing that, I just said, this guy has no clue what Andy Kaufman was really like. Yeah, well, um, there's so much that goes into it. Um, you know, he did a phenomenal job on a lot of things in the movie. I mean, and, and maybe they were more mechanical. Um, I'm, I'm also, as Andy's brother, I'm probably going to be a very harsh critic, so I, 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 I hesitate to say anything um, because I recognize all the, all the phenomenal things that Jim did. And he was also extremely generous and, and, and great with the family, with, with Andy's daughter that Andy never met, um, with, right. my, you know, with my father, my sister, me, my son. He, he got my son a second audition, um, to, be, to play young Andy, um, because he, he thought that Tyler would be great at it. Um, so I, I have nothing but accolades to say about Jim, other than the way he treated you. Um, <laughs> right. and, number, and number two, and this is, this is un, this may be unfair for me to say, but I don't know that he got the essence of Andy. That that, that is, is no, that's what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. 
Uh, and, and that, but that may not have been his, that may have been the writer's fault. I don't know. I don't, you yeah. know, you know, whatever it just it didn't add up to the essence of, of him. Yeah, I think you almost would have to have actually met Andy and actually know Andy to get that. Uh, but uh, you know, Andy had a a, a huge uh, now and a, a cult following that, so to speak. I mean, after all of these years, I'll never forget it hadn't been all that many years ago. George Shapiro, out of the blue, George Shapiro calls me up and he says, uh, Jerry's George Shapiro. I said, yeah, how are you? And he said, listen, one of my clients is, is playing at the Orpheum Theater, is doing a show at the Orpheum Theater there in Memphis. And he was just such a big fan of, of Andy's. And he was wondering if you would come to his show and meet him backstage. And he just wanted to talk to you about what it was like working with Andy. And I wow. said, sure. I said, sure, George, who is it? And he said, Jerry Seinfeld. Huh. And That's so tremendous. Yeah, it was just unreal. And, and then I, I, I mean, like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, biggest star in Hollywood, you know. So um, me and my girlfriend go down and we meet Jerry back backstage. And I mean, for like 45 minutes, he just stands there in awe. And he just has me tell him he's wanting to know every single nuance and every single thing that Andy would say and, and, and how we, how we did the match and how we did the, you know, leading up to just the stories that we've talked about here today. He wanted to know all of that about Andy because he was just, he, he never got to meet Andy, but he was a huge fan. Just, uh, and, and, and so many, so many uh, comedians and, and stars today are huge fans of Andy. I just wish, I just wish that they had, you know, some of these guys like, 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 like uh, you know, Seinfeld never got to meet him. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and George is great too. Uh, Jerry and Andy were both very lucky to have uh, George as a manager. Um, uh, so um, always nice to hear George's voice. And, and George and I actually, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He agrees with me that of all the people over the years who have commented on Andy, and I'm going to say me. Yeah, um, I I thank you. I thank you, Jerry Lawler, for being consistently honest, nice, um, just genuine with your thoughts about Andy. Never having a reason to exaggerate for your own benefit. You you just say it the way it is. Because and after speaking with you today, it's natural the admiration you've had for Andy. So you don't have to embellish anything, um, but I thank you for that for being, you know, uh, the voice of uh, of reason to tell it the way it is. So well, I mean, it, it was it was like I said, it was uh, one of the most special times of my entire life and career to just to get to know Andy, to be around him, and to actually work with him. It was just unbelievable, and that led to so. So many things. I mean, you know, being in being in the movie with, with working then again with a, a guy like Jim Carrey and and Danny DeVito and, and all of the different people that 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 led to. And another thing that that you and I I think agree on Andy and and what Andy did with with wrestling was a major major part of the direction that wrestling went into. Uh, after Andy and I worked together, uh, and after Andy passed away, it, it, wrestling still went into the direction of being sports entertainment and becoming basically the Hollywood influence because of Andy. 
I mean, because of the 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 uh, you know the success that 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 having Andy involved with wrestling brought brought about, I think that uh, you know that all of a sudden you see all the stars showing up at WrestleMania from Hollywood, and man, it just went from there to where all of a sudden wrestlers could be could be seen in the same light and on the same level as these Hollywood stars. And I think Andy, Andy really, uh, Andy really helped that and brought that on. I, I just wish, and I, and, and I think you could probably help. I, I hope that someday Andy gets inducted into the, uh, the hall of fame, the WWE hall of fame because of, of his uh, influence on, on wrestling. Yeah. I, and I, I think he will. Um, you know, and, and Andy was so pure in his craft that he was willing to be hated for the wrestling, right? Which, which had a lot to do with being voted off of SNL. You know, in 1982, sure. I think it was he was voted off, never allowed to come back, um, and so he, he dies in May '84, and then in March '85 is the first WrestleMania on NBC. Right. Right. So. You know, would WrestleMania have been on on NBC in 1985 if it had not been for Andy? I, I, you know, it's, it's a it's a good reason to doubt that. You're right. I mean, yeah, it, it was just it was just a, a major influence. And and Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon uh, himself told me one time we were we were flying on his plane together, and he just told me, you know, how much that that. Uh, Andy meant, and and he actually admitted. He said, "I was so jealous of the fact that uh, you know Andy went down to Memphis when he was from New York, and uh, and and that all of this happened that that they didn't get to do it with Andy there in New York, you know." But he said, "He said I admit, uh, he said I don't I don't think we could have ever done with Andy anything as as good as what you guys did with him." But that was that was a testament to Andy. They, they could have because Andy Andy was the guy that. It did it. I mean, Andy was, he was just uh, that special, just that, that amazing. And he loved wrestling and, uh, and it was just, it was so, uh, so amazing to see his involvement and how it helped, uh, how he helped wrestling in the, in the long run. Yes. He, he, yeah, this may not sound good as his brother touting how talented Andy was, but, but, you know, when Andy would do, we go around the country doing uh, college shows, which normally included music and El- and doing Elvis. Yeah. Um, he would he brought his um, musical director with him for a lot of it, um, Greg Sutton. Um, but they would hire a local band, maybe maybe people from from the college or whatever, and. And, and they said how great it was to work with Andy, that he really knew his music, which made it easy for them to, and for doing some of those, like uh, Jailhouse Rock is not an easy song, especially at the end, to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of other songs that, that aren't easy just to do the way Andy would, 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 would do them, or the way Elvis would do them. Um, and it was just easy working with Andy. And, and so, so, you know, when you talk about Andy's instincts for wrestling, you know, I think about his instincts for music, too. Um, so um, I just wanted to. Yeah. I don't know, uh, Michael, if you've got to see all of the stuff that Andy did down here in Memphis, all the different matches. But another guy that that was heavily involved with Andy down here and, and, and probably because they had the 
the both had the musical background was Jimmy Hart, of course, you know, who was my manager at the time. And then yes. we worked, oh, yeah. we worked Andy into, I mean, still one of my favorite, one of my favorite things that we did with Andy down here didn't even involve a match with me. It involved a fight between Andy and Jimmy Hart. Uh, yes. with, with Lance Russell out there trying, it started out as an interview about them talking about uh, their match that they had had with me. And then it, it, it just it devolved into the two of them swinging at each other and throwing punches. And yes. poor, poor Lance Russell was trying to get, and it was these two, two 150 pound guys. They never landed a punch. I go back and I've watched it over and over right. and over, and they swung at each other fifty times, and neither one of them ever landed a punch. It was one of the, to me, one of the funniest and greatest things that I've ever seen in wrestling. I mean, he was Andy was just he was just great, and he and Jimmy Hart did some some really great stuff there together too. I remember Jimmy Hart. There's a line Jimmy Hart said I never heard before, but I loved it. They were arguing about the, the tag team match they were in together. And, and how how they disappoint you know one of them seemed to uh, disappoint the other whatever um, yeah. and he says somebody he's liking to throw me from here to Sunday. Um, <laughs> yes. you remember that line? Yes. The, the way Jimmy Hart says it is just it's priceless. Oh yeah, and Jim, Jimmy said, "Look, I go running in. Lawler likes to that's when he said Lawler likes to knock me into yeah, from here to Sunday or whatever." And I look around and Andy's standing over looking at his watch. <laughs> what time it is. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's uh, well. Yeah, listen, we, uh, Michael. I just I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I haven't talked to you in a long, long time, and uh, I, I I want to, if you would possibly agree to it, please come back. And uh, there's so much more we could talk about with Andy. I mean, he's the He's just a, a legend. I mean, not not only in wrestling, but he's a legend in in show business and 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 everything. And and you being his brother, uh, you know so so much about Andy. There's so many more things that I'd like to ask you and talk to you about. But uh, would you would you be willing to come back again some other time on the podcast with us? It would be my pleasure. I, I'll finish reading the Golden Boy, and oh. um, and also and it, it would be nice to actually work with you. Um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, on, on, on an Andy project, um, which I, I just hear so many rumors about people being interested in doing something about you and Andy. Um, so, uh, so who knows? That might be in the card somewhere in the future. All right. That sounds great, Michael. Listen, thank yeah. you so much for your time and, and, and all the great stories. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean this. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to call you back in just a couple of weeks and I want to have you back on. Okay. That'd be great. Jerry, it's been a great pleasure, and thanks for telling me stories that I never heard. I really appreciated it. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stay, uh, stay in touch, and and I'm sure there's more stories that we can share, uh, not 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 only with between the two of us, but with everybody out there listening. That because I mean, Andy was so loved and so respected that it's uh, it's going to be a pleasure talking about him anytime. Great, great. Until then. My best to you. Good health to you and and all your loved ones and and all the listeners. Everyone, just please please stay healthy. All right. Thank you very much, Michael. Call. All righty. Thank you.